You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Podcast. Before we get to your calls, a call of my own. Readers and listeners in Seattle may be familiar with Hump, the stranger's annual amateur and locally and sometimes not so locally produced porn contest. We've been doing it for – this will be the sixth year and it's a real blast. People make short pornographic or erotic films. They can be hardcore. They can be softcore. Some of them are animation. Some of them are just humor pieces with no pants off and People gather together in a theater, a big theater in downtown Seattle and downtown Portland now because Hump happens in Portland too. And everybody sits down and watches an evening of amateur pornography. And it's really fucking fun. And it is how porn used to be consumed. You would have to go out in public to get your porn. It wasn't just delivered to you over the internet superhighway in your room in the middle of the night while your boyfriend's away on a camping trip. Too much information? Anyway – And it's not just that this is the way porn was consumed. There's something really magic about Hump. If you're out there and you're listening and you've been, you know what I mean. Because at Hump, we get submissions from gay people, from straight people, from bisexual couples. We get trans porn. We get hardcore S&M, lesbian porn. And everybody, straight and gay and bi and trans and lesbian, all sits in a theater together and watches each other's porn. And really gets a feel for each other's turn on and people laugh but in this appreciative supportive way and hump's amazing and magic and i'm inviting all of my listeners even if you can't get to seattle or portland to think about making a contribution if you have you are inspired to make a short five minutes is the max running time if you're inspired to make a little short porno for hump or if you have some porn you've already made that you'd like to submit We welcome that too. There's info about the contest at thestranger.com slash hump. And it is a contest. There are prizes. There's a few other amateur porn contests that have started up in the last few years across the country. I think some of them modeled on hump. But nobody has prizes like we have prizes. There are three $1,000 first prizes and a $2,500 best in show prizes and some runner-up prizes too. Who picks the winners? Well, A hump jury selects the films that go into the show and then audience ballot. The audience votes on what they like best and the categories are best humor, best sex, best kink, best in show. Again, more information at thestranger.com slash hump. Go read all about it. There are release forms and entry forms there. And the deadline for submissions this year is October 15th. And the uh, festival happens in Seattle and Portland in early November. More information at thestranger.com slash hump. This episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item, plus three adult DVDs, plus an extra gift, plus free shipping, visit adamandeve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. Hey, Dan. My name is Charles. I'm a 24-year-old straight male, and I live in Boston. So I've had limited sexual experience. I fooled around with a few girls in college did oral mutual masturbation, but I lacked confidence and I never felt quite comfortable enough to get into a quote-unquote real sex until recently. But about three months ago, I started to the call of the vagina, so I started getting up off my ass, started working out, 
joined an online dating site, and amazingly, I now have my pick of three women at the same time. This is all good, and I have you to thank the advice about getting to the gym. It made a huge difference, and not just in sex. So the situation is as follows. One of the girls I started seeing prefers a casual relationship. The problem is, she's one of those interesting combinations of kink and hang-up. She loves being bitten, getting her hair yanked, even being slapped in the face. Person I was taught never to hit girls, so this seems a little weird. I thought, hey, I'll be GGG. The issue is, no matter the situation, she refuses to let me touch her vagina. According to her, dicks are okay again, but because it's just sex. But if I want to finger her or play with her clit, it's too affectionate, too emotional, and it breaks her casual sex rules. She's also hypocritical about this because she'll initiate reverse ankle humping on me and then pull away wherever she's close to orgasm. To me, Dan, this seems like bull. She can grab my dick. I gotta slap her around, but I can't get a taste of muff. I think this is a raw deal. If I'm gonna have casual sex, I need access to pussy. So, question number one is: Can I remove her hang-up, or do I just ditch her? I already tried gentle reasoning for a week, and it hasn't really shown results. Question number two is a little bit of a bigger issue. As a guy with very little sex experience, but who wants a serious relationship, it is better for me to focus on forming casual sex relationships with slutty girls that were admittedly hot ones like this one, to get some kind of practice? Or is it better to jump right into serious relationships since that's ultimately what I want? All right, first a word about the gym. I get some grief whenever I mention going to a gym because I'm, you know, a gay body fascist and I think everyone should take steroids and everyone has to look exactly the same way. And none of that is true. But as this caller's feedback evidences, Going to the gym can make you feel better. It just makes, you know, it pumps the blood through your body. Maybe you get into a little better shape. You know, they're not particularly one body type that everyone has to be. But whatever body type you are, you'll be in a little better shape for that body type. And it helps with your circulation, helps with uh, maintaining erections. I think going to the gym releases endorphins. I think going to the gym makes you horny. And sweat is good. And, uh, you know, avoiding heart disease is good. And getting laid is good. And if going to the gym helped get you laid, guy, good for you. Now, this woman who doesn't want to let you touch her vagina because I have the worst case scenario gene from my mother, I immediately think, well, maybe she's letting you touch her vagina with your dick in a condom because she has HPV or she has herpes or something and she is trying to take some steps to protect you and that's why she's not letting you stick your fingers in there maybe or your face because she doesn't want to pass genital herpes to the corners of your mouth and then part of me thinks you know based on perhaps some of her issues around rough sex and i'm not saying that this is true for everybody who's into rough sex that maybe she was manhandled molested abused uh, a bit and that abuse involved hands stuffed into twats down pants and those sorts of uh, experiences now bring back negative memories and kind of spoil the sex that she is capable of enjoying. Ultimately, only she knows the answer. And you've tried to reason with her and you're not getting anywhere. And if what you want is an all-access pass to somebody's twat, she's not the girl for you. And it sounds like you have other options. So move on. As for your uh, last question, you ask if you should have casual relationships with slutty girls or serious relationships with serious relationship girls, I suppose. It's not mutually exclusive. You can have a casual relationship with a slutty girl that becomes serious over time. Slutty girls, and we're using slut in the sex positive sense, at least I am. I don't know about you. I don't know what's going on in your head when you use the word. 
Lots of slutty girls also want to have relationships. Most relationships begin casually, particularly nowadays. So don't look at the girls who will jump into bed at you and rule them out as potential relationship material because they are sluts who jumped into bed with you. They could also be serious relationship girls with whom you could have a serious relationship that involved a lot of great and uh, pretty kick-ass fun sex, casual and otherwise. Hi, Dan. Um, I am a 22-year-old single straight girl. Um, I have a problem. (laughs) I slept with one of my really good friends, and it was great. Uh, It happened a couple times. We were both really happy with kind of the thing we have going, um, the kind of like platonic fucking thing we have going. Um, uh, But uh, I have a couple of friends who aren't, um, namely... One of my good friends who, um, I guess I have some knowledge that she was interested in him. I guess it wasn't to the extent that I thought. Um, and also his ex-girlfriend who I have to work with. It's hard because I, I go back and forth between feeling like I've really betrayed these people and feeling like, um, I have nothing to worry about. (laughs) This guy is not attached. Um, that's, kind of what both of us like about it. It's a good thing for both of us, but no one else really seems to understand it. In their eyes, I'm a slut and I'm evil and I don't know. I'm just <laughs> um, I was wondering if I am evil. Am I, was this a wrong decision or are they wrong for hating me because of it, I guess. So this friend that you're doing the friends with benefits thing, with mm-hmm. is the ex of another friend or an ex, just an ex of someone you work with just an ex of someone i work with and, and uh, yeah uh, and also the you know object of the affections of another friend somebody else wanted him and you were unaware of this um i wouldn't say that i was unaware of it um i guess i wasn't fully aware of like the extent of her feelings for him mm-hmm um, and, you know, they had kind of, like, had a go at it, and... It didn't work um, out. Yeah, they both wanted different things, I guess. Do you have a history um, of doing this? Is this, like, one in a series <laughs> of boys you've grabbed out of the arms of other friends, or, you know, people have confided in you many times, oh, I have a crush on this guy, and then, oh, what do you know, two weeks later you're fucking him. Has this happened before? <laughs> um, no, no, I, I wouldn't say so, no. <laughs> Would other people <laughs> say so? No, no, I don't. I can't think of anyone else where it's it's really like, you know, where I've really hurt someone or. Okay, well then know. you're not you're not a vicious scheming slut who bangs <laughs> okay. the guys that her friends are interested in to you know, I guess show dominance over them or ruin their days because you're subconsciously sadistic and cruel. You just are attracted to this guy and he's attracted to you and you guys are fucking and these two just have to suck it up and deal. Okay. And they should be happy for you if you're happy, even if it hurts a little. They're allowed to have feelings. They're not. They don't have to sit there and pretend that it doesn't bother them, and they don't feel a little bit of conflict about it. But they have to be grown ups about it and say, "Oh, I guess he's not meant for me." La la la. We're exes for a reason. Enjoy. A little weird. Might want want to hang out with you when you're hanging out together. But they're not right. allowed to treat you like you're some sort of skank whore bitch slut. Okay, I mean, like, my roommate, like, moved out of my house. Over this? this. Like, yeah, basically, I mean... Was it your roommate who had a crush on him? Yes, 
Yes. Well, I can understand and... her moving out, actually. Okay. Because she's going to have to live with you fucking this guy right under her nose. And what, like I just said, you know, I might not want to hang out with you guys while you're together. Like, that's going to be right. hard if she lives with you. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have I... her phone number? Should I call her and get her side of the story and we can hear about what a slut you are? <laughs> Um, no, she probably, <laughs> no, that's not necessary. No, 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 that's not necessary. <laughs> um, well, good. You know, I don't know. It's just been, it's been really, it's, it's just been a little stressful. I mean. Is it, is his dick I, worth it? Definitely. Okay, well then pay the price. <laughs> you know, the, the okay. course of true friends with benefits never did run smooth as Shakespeare would have written if he were writing now. <laughs> and sometimes there's a little upheaval. You know, people hook up, uh, they partner up for however long, and it can reshuffle the deck of other friendships, right. other relationships, other like intimacies. And you have to say, you have to, like, accept the consequences, and sometimes that's one of them. You're like, a friendship right. gets put on hold or dies or a roommate moves out, and you have to ask yourself, is the dick worth it? And if the answer is yes, you need to not worry about the loss of the roommate. There are some people out there who are going to think ill of you forever. Like, you asking me to exonerate you isn't going to exonerate you in the minds of these girls. Right, exactly. And you um, have to live with that. There are some people out there, believe it or not, who think I'm a total asshole. <laughs> and I get up every day, and I don't give a shit. Which is the okay, total well, asshole I just position strive to, to be more like Dan Savage. <laughs> As well, you should. Oh man, thank you so much for calling. I'm so glad. Um, I, I do feel better. I, I think a lot of it was just kind of a misunderstanding. You know, I think that I'm able to be a certain way with um, guys or guy friends that she is kind of not able to be. And I well, hopefully the lesson um, she'll take away from this is if she was hanging back and you jumped, is to not hang back. You know, people right. get snapped up, and you can hang back, hoping and waiting for that person to approach you. And in the meantime, someone else is going to approach that person. You just can't hesitate. Okay. All right. You're right. All right. So Thanks, it's all Dan. her. So it's all her fault. You and I both agree <laughs> that you are completely blameless, and it's all this dumb bitch's fault to move out. Well, I'm glad okay. we could come can... to terms. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. There's more. You'll also receive three free adult DVDs plus a free extra gift plus free shipping on your entire order. Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. That's adamandeve.com and enter Savage at checkout. Hi, Dan. I'm a 20-year-old female from California, and I just had a, a... I'm having a bit of a strange situation. Um, I was seeing this guy for on and off for about six months. It was a bit complicated because we were both studying abroad and happened to be studying in the same country, but two different cities. Basically, on the last time he came to see me, I kind of picked up that I thought things were getting a little bit too serious. I'm not really the girlfriend type and so I, for once in my life, I'm very not confrontational and I was very brave and um, told him that I thought he was getting too attached. So we basically broke it off. Um, a week later, I found out that he'd been hit by a car and I didn't get to see him again until this was about a month ago. And I didn't get to see him again until a couple of days ago where I realized that um, he had forgotten that we had broken up. And I mean, 
it's hard enough for me to be brave the first time around. I can't, I couldn't do it. The guy's jaw is wired shut, and, I mean, he's doing okay, but, like, <laughs> he can't remember things for longer than, like, 10 minutes at a time. I don't know how many times we're going to have to break up with him. But I'm just wondering, when do you think the correct um, protocol is for telling your former, like, sort of not even boyfriend that you've already broken up with him once, let alone two or three times? Sometimes lots of bad things happen to people all at once. I got hit by a car and my girlfriend dumped me over and over and over again while I was having short-term memory problems. You know, sometimes it can look cruel to pile on someone who's in a bad way. And what happens when this all plays out is years later, this will be a story he tells. He'll have bragging rights about the lowest point in his life was, oh, I got hit by a car and I lost my job and I just got home from school. There's no work and the recession and my girlfriend dumped me. 12 times, I think you should tell him the truth. And if you're afraid that you'll have to tell him and tell him and retell him, then you should write it down in a letter. Fact is, if he regards you as his girlfriend, but he only sees you once in a great while, the accident was more than a month ago and you just saw him a couple of days ago and that's when you realized that he thought you were still together, this isn't some sort of intense bond. I'm sure that he regards you even in his current stupefied state as something of a casual girlfriend. He didn't rush to his side when he got in the accident, sounds like. You haven't been around much since, sounds like. I think even with his jaw wired shut that he could soldier on without you by his side intermittently. Hi, Dan. I'm a 35-year-old lesbian up in Montreal. Uh, here's my question. I'm currently involved in a threesome with a couple, a lesbian couple. One of the girls, let's call her uh, Shorty, has a somewhat annoying hang-up. While it's annoying to me and uh, let's call her Tolly, uh, whenever either one of us gets behind Shorty to penetrate her from behind, she gets really uncomfortable when whether the girl behind her or the one under her tries to touch her boobs. The uh, reason she gives is she's a vet and she says it reminds her, it reminds her of cows, of all things. Um, Tali and I both know that it's a quirk and it's okay for her to feel that way when the, the way she does when she's in that peculiar position. But is there anything that we can do to, I don't know, either make her change her perspective or make her less uh, cow conscious? Um, I also know that she'll probably think that this is a prank call. It's not. Her boobs are really nice and I'm just itching to grab or gently touch them whenever that specific situation arises. So any advice would be great. The vet, let's call her a vet. A vet is being a little silly, I think. You do too, obviously. But not all hang-ups can be eradicated, nor should they. Sometimes a hang-up, a physical hang-up, if it's minor, just needs to be worked around. It's not too much to ask your partners, your intimate partners, to be a little compassionate, indulgent, understanding, and accommodating, and not touch you in a way that you don't like to be touched for whatever reason. You know, if a hang-up is debilitating uh, sexually, like if she didn't like to be touched anywhere at all ever, then she really needs to work on that because it's going to hamper her sexual and intimate life. And it's not fair to anyone she cons into getting involved with her sexually. If she's like, oh, I totally want to have a sexual relationship, but you can't touch me here, there, everywhere. But this is just one particular position, one particular style of groping that for some reason tweaks her cow issues.
I don't think it's too much to ask for you to, when you want to penetrate her and play with her tits, to roll her over on her back. Then you'll have full access to her tits and her holes and uh, my regards to the Francophiles up there in Montreal. And before I let you go, uh, this is why I host the show and the Tech Savvy at Risk Youth do not. They recommend that you roll her over on her back to help get her in the mood. Thank you. The Tech Savvy at Risk Youth will be here all week, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Dan. I'm a 35-year-old male, and my question is about the use of Cialis or Viagra. Uh, now and then, over the past few years, I have had difficulty making an erection. I know that it is largely psychological because it's been confirmed by a doctor and because at times I'm fine. I'm single, I date, and I initially would procure Viagra online through, I know, those shady websites, which I've heard less than good things about, but I had success with it, and now I get it through the right means, through a doctor, at a checkup. I'm healthy, he agrees it's psychological, but since I've been using it, it's been very helpful, and I've gotten really good feedback from girls that I'm with, women I'm with, that is, <laughs> and um, my question is, I haven't been saying anything to uh, my partners. I have a girlfriend now. She doesn't know. And I guess there's no reason for me not to say anything. But my thought is, I don't know what she does to prepare in the bathroom. I don't ask. So I have my own mental trick. Uh, you know, for me, maybe it's a placebo, and I, I really don't need it. But when I take it, I have no trouble. Um, so my question is, do you think I'm being in some way dishonest by not saying I take it. Um, I, I'm also wondering, in your experience, is this common for someone of my age? Uh, the doctor told me not to even worry about that, but I'm, I'm just curious, in your experience, if you know how uh, many men my age on the younger side have this. There are lots of young men out there who experience erectile dysfunction, as they say in the commercials on ESPN, and you may be one of them. You found something that works, this pill, uh, which you regard as perhaps functioning as a placebo or a crutch. If it works for you, it works for you. There's a huge psychological component to a lot of guys' erectile dysfunction. They doubt their boners and they chase them away with their boner-doubting anxiety. Should you have to disclose that you're taking this pill? I don't think so and I don't think it would be helpful, particularly if you're – if all physical explanations have been ruled out and your doctor is convinced that it's a psychological – issue, you looking at, you know, if you have that problem, you looking at your girlfriend, looking at your Viagra inflated dick, perhaps with doubt, because, you know, you would project doubt into the situation. You would look at her and think, oh, she's probably worried that I'm going to lose my erection now because she knows I take that pill for my occasional erection loss problem. Spare yourself that. Uh, you on Viagra, you taking a prescription drug, your medical issues, you've read some medical privacy, really has no impact on her physically or emotionally. There's no risk to her uh, from your taking this drug. So, And there's a risk to her perhaps from your disclosing that you're taking this drug because it may induce the very thing you're trying to prevent by taking the drug, which will diminish her pleasure in the moment sexually. So just like, you know, a lie of omission I think is appropriate here. I tend to err on the side of disclose. People should know. People should tell. 
because, you know, what if she finds the bottle? What do you do? Hide the pills? Then it looks very shame-driven. It could make the problem worse. But I do think in an instance like this, perhaps you deserve a bit of a pass for now while you work on overcoming perhaps your psychological issues that are inducing this these uh, incidents of impotence for which you need this crutch. Hi, Dan. Um, I'm a straight 21-year-old female. This question refers to my straight 21-year-old female friend. Um, we have a problem uh, with one of my best friends. Um, she is awesome. I love her to death. We've been friends since we were kids. Uh, she's been dating the same guy for four years now, and he just proposed, and she accepted which should be awesome. Uh, but the other thing is that um, over the course of this four-year relationship, she has had multiple other relationships. Um, one was with a guy for a year and a half, and the other was with a guy for 10 months. I mean, they're still actually dating. <laughs> um, they don't know about each other. They think they're monogamous. She says, I love you to all of them. They think they're pretty serious. Uh, and I don't know, part of the way she, she can get away with this is that her now fiancé lives, he works on a ranch and the boonies, and she lives in the city uh, two hours away. Um, anyway, she has accepted his proposal, and she says that she doesn't want to go through with the wedding. She knows it's a bad idea, but uh, she still talks about the wedding and what she was like for a wedding. And so now I'm worried that... Uh, she'll want to, she'll want to go through with the wedding, and um, she'll ask me to be a bridesmaid, and I just don't think I can go through with it because of this information I know that she's been cheating on him, and he has no idea. And uh, really, I just feel like an accomplice. Like, I have this information. I should tell these guys, right? I mean, they, he thinks he's going to marry her, and he has no idea. And so... Um, I, I don't know. I just, I've talked to her about polyamory. She doesn't want to do that. It's like... I don't know. I just don't know what to do at this point. So any advice would be great. Listening to your call, the first thing that comes to mind is a follow-up question for you. Why are you this person's friend? If she's this dishonest a dealer with men she professes to love, how good a friend could she possibly be to you? What sort of bullshit is she pulling off on you and her other friends? If she'll do this to her fiancé and this other person that she says, I love you too, whatever she regards him as, what isn't she capable of doing to you? Someone who she cares about less, theoretically, than she cares about Ranch Boy. What are your obligations now that you're an accomplice, now that you know uh, what's been going on? I think you have an obligation to have a scathing, screaming, sit-down talk with her about what a little piece of shit she is. Uh, about how she's abusing these men and their affections and toying with them. And I think you need to end the friendship. And then observe from afar. I don't want to tell you to, you know, send a poison pen letter or call this ranch guy, particularly if, and I'm not stereotyping people who live on ranches, particularly if he's capable of violence. I wouldn't want to get anybody killed. But I do think he has a right to know before he marries that she isn't who she says that she is. This isn't a matter of someone who is sowing their wild oats, playing the field before they were ready to marry and settle down. I do believe that people have a right uh, up until they make a formal and eternal monogamous commitment, I'm rolling my eyes, to check out the options and maybe uh, have a few walks in the wild side before they marry. 
But that's not what's been going on here. This is someone leading a double life uh, and doing real, once everything comes out and eventually everything will come out, doing real psychic and emotional violence to these men. And this is a case, I think, where if the genders were reversed, everyone would unflinchingly advise you to tell. If this was a guy who had two wives or a fiancé and a girlfriend, everyone would see the women for the victims of a asshole player that they are and advise you just to out the piece of shit. So perhaps that's what I'm advising you to do here. Hi, Dan, 21-year-old semi-straight female here. Um, my problem involves dating and my mom, and it's kind of a weird problem. Um, I, around the time I started having sex, realized I was into BDSM, which wasn't a shock to me. I kind of always thought I was. and I don't have a problem with it. I don't have any hang-ups about it, but I, I do have a little trouble dating because it's hard to find people my age, men my age, who are into it, and um, so, you know, I, I tried dating online a, a little bit, and around the time I started looking into the fetish BDSM dating websites and fat life and all that stuff, um, I sort of had a conversation with my mom that led to the realization that my mom was also into the same thing which is really weird and I don't want anything to do with that and I don't want to like know what she's doing or who she's dating or whatever. The issue is she's on all of the same websites that I was looking to join and um, one I don't remember which one it was. I think it was like Call Me or, or something. The instant that I joined, I got a message from somebody who I recognized as her friend inviting me to join his polyamorous household. Um, she has a boyfriend long-term boyfriend. I don't know if they're open, if they're poly or what. So I'm not really sure which business she has being on these sites. And it kind of pisses me off because I feel like as the older person, like with the long-term relationship that looks like it's heading towards marriage, she kind of should be the one to forfeit this and like retire from the community, if, if that makes sense. Um, and like, let me have it. I, I don't know. It's kind of like, I can't, I'm afraid to date anybody and bring it up because God forbid they know my mom. I'm afraid to join these websites and talk to anybody because God forbid they've slept with my mom or played with my mom. And so I don't know. I'm just, I'm pissed off and I'm kind of just in this really shitty situation where, you know, I can date vanilla guys or I can try to date guys who I know might be into this, but then I run the risk of knowing that they might know my mom because she is kind of a big wig in the community and knows people and goes to events and all this stuff. And so I can't go to events. I can't go to any of this stuff and meet people or go to munches or anything because my mom's friends might be there or my mom might be there. Um, so anyway, if you have any advice, I, I would really appreciate it. Okay, thanks. You can go to munches and BDSM community events and parties and fetish balls but you don't want to because you're so uncomfortable with the idea of your mother's sexuality that you can't deal. The problem is entirely yours. You have two choices. Get the fuck over it or get the fuck out of town. You're not nailed to the floor in whatever city that you and your mother both live in, although you might not like to be at some point. 
nailed to the floor, not nailed to the floor, particularly in the city where she lives. I'm sorry, but you lose. Your mother has a right to her sexuality. She has a right to the community that she's created for herself and, and the society uh, that, that she moves through uh, and that she takes pleasure from and finds partners in and solace. There's a huge aspect of the organized BDSM scene that really is about community, camaraderie, fellowship. I hate to make it all sound so boring and Shriners-y, but it's true. And your mother shouldn't have to sacrifice all of those connections, all of those relationships, all of those friendships, and perhaps pleasures because you are so hung up. Now, maybe you could ask your mother to seed one website to you. Like, I'll take Fat Life, you take Colony. Deal? Because I don't want to run into you online and you don't want to run into me online because that's just going to be awkward. But dot, dot, dot. The SM scene, organized SM scene particularly, is a small little universe. You are condemned to traverse it with your mother, uh, with the knowledge that your mother is also somewhere in that universe. No child likes to be confronted with their parent's sexuality. I understand. If I started running into my dad in gay bars, I would be very unnerved. If I ran into my dad in a particular gay bar, I might avoid that gay bar in future. You have that right. You don't have the right to tell your mother that now that you're sexually active and now that you're an adult, she has to stop being sexually active. Hey, Dan. Uh, I was just listening to 193, and the woman called, and uh, the straight woman called, and she was trying to defend uh, the guy on a previous podcast who uh, was dating a closeted guy, and you you badgered her and beat her the fuck up or whatever, and I think she completely deserved it. Uh when I was 17 and graduating from high school, I told one of my best friends that I was gay. And he told literally everyone, like he told my entire circle of friends, everyone I knew. And, you know, I thanked him two years later, a year later. I don't remember when I thanked him, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Uh, being forced out of the closet was the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm open and happy and I don't give a shit what people think. I think she doesn't know what she's talking about, and I agree with you 100%. You and California State Senator Roy Ashburn could be the poster children for happy to have been forced out of the closet. Gary Studs, who was outed uh, by accident once upon a time, a former U.S. congressman now deceased, also said that he was happy to have been outed. It can be very liberating for someone who's a terrified little closet case to be dragged out into the light of day. So it's not always emotional violence to out someone uh, and a lot of people who have experienced being outed regard it as a positive, a net positive in their lives. And Roy Ashburn, who's now been transformed from an anti-gay state senator in California who is bringing Lou Sheldon and other bigots to town, to the town that he represents, the California State Senate, to rally against gay marriage is a full-throated defender of gay rights who is has apologized to the community, is doing all he can to make it up to the community and to himself. So yeah, uh, outing. All for it. At times. Hi, Dan. My name is Brooke. Um, and I just wanted to let you know that today I channeled my inner Dan Savage. And I'm hoping that I was able to help out some young, uh, naive women um, for their future romantic relationships. We were uh, all having lunch, and, uh, well, I'm 30, and uh, they're around 21, 22. We were in a class together, 
and uh, somebody brought up sex and said, oh, well, you know, maybe he's just, uh, maybe sex with Julie isn't important to him. And I said, oh, uh, you know, sex really is important to me. Like, that's kind of a relationship killer. And, uh, you know, they're talking like, I don't know that I really like sex, and I'm not sure. It just doesn't seem like that interesting to me. And these are 21, 22-year-old women. And, uh, and I said, you know what? I have to tell you guys something. And <laughs> I said, uh, this is my inner Dan Savage here. I said, fucking masturbate. Get goddamn dildo, use it, and you will figure out that you love it. But you've got to figure out how you love it before you can figure out how to tell him that you love it. So that way you'll enjoy sex because sex really is fun. It's not a chore. Anyway, thought I just uh, would make you proud. And we're going to leave it there. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you'd like to record a question or a comment for a future show, give us a call, 206-201-2720. You download us every week at thestranger.com slash savage. I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com where you can read the Savage Love Letter of the Day. Better yet, you can have the Savage Love Letter of the Day delivered directly to your iPhone if you go to the iTunes store and purchase the Savage Love app. Buck ninety nine. Get 10 or 11 of them, please. And you read me my original column before I was a podcaster and a blogger. The original Savage Love advice column every week in C in Edmonton, Alberta, and lots of other alternative weekly newspapers across North America, Canada, the United States, our ships at sea. 206-201-2720 is the number. Give us a call. Me and the tech savvy at-risk youth will be back at you next week. Another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for downloading.